The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by ZipRecruiter. Forgetting to put Marquez Valdez-Scantling in your Week 6 lineup? That was not smart. But using ZipRecruiter to find qualified candidates fast... That's smart. ZipRecruiter identifies people with the right skills, education, experience for your job, then actively invites them to apply. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. Fantasy, you're in the is back together for a Wednesday morning, October 24th, 2018 podcast, Field Gates, Matthew Berry and Stefania Bell. You're back. Welcome. Thank you. How was your time away? It was great. It was one day away from us. <laughs> I blinked and I'm back, uh, but it, it was good. It, 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 was an, it was a lovely day. You, you know who else what, is- what do you enjoy most about being away? <laughs> is it is it not seeing Field? Yeah, is me. it not seeing me? Let's is it see. not seeing Daniel? How much time do we have? <laughs> no, we have all no. the time you want. No, no, no. It was just, uh, I needed a little refresher. It was good. It was good. I, uh, I got, I got some culture in in the late afternoon yesterday. I went to a play, you know, so I feel, I, you know. Boondoggly. Well, you went to a play, wait, you no, went no, to a no. play during the day? No, at nighttime. Okay. During the day. Cause I was going to say, making like, calls. I was at things that were going to discuss in news or noise. I was uh, getting info, getting intel. What play did you see? American Son. Highly recommend. Carrie Washington from Scandal. Short run on Broadway. Go see it. Wow. Stefania so is quite the theater junkie. So she I is. take all She's of a theater her... buff. Theater buff. <laughs> what is, is there a word I'm for also a, a theater buff. enthusiast? Or no? uh, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I don't know what that word is. Daniel's also it's back. Stefania. Okay, there yeah. it is. It's Stefania. Daniel is also back. Welcome back, Daniel. He also hey, saw thanks, some man. theater. You were in the hot Lana. I was in hot Lana. I want to give a shout out to Showtime, who came down and said he's a big fan of the podcast. Oh, came so, and found you. Came and found me specifically uh, down in Atlanta. Yeah, so. Is that like a Fortnite player or something? <laughs> no, that's, that was just his name. Showtime with the chain. He's part, that's of, what a, he said. He's part of a crappy band you've never heard of. Okay, I, thought <laughs> that was like, uh, I thought there was somebody named Showtime, like somebody who's a public figure that I should know. Right. You mean you're talking about Golden Tate? I actually, well, oh, I honestly, did he come see you? I thought, no. wasn't, isn't it uh, Showtime Eric Young? Isn't that? Oh, yeah. I yeah. Thought, that's who I thought you meant. Like, oh. you know. Eric no. I, I, Eric, if right, Eric Young had come down, I certainly right would have. Yeah, yeah we would have had that conversation. Lot of, lot of, there's a lot of storylines going on. Yeah, a lot of storylines right now going on in WWE. <clears throat> oh, Including what? that of Roman Reigns. Like, shout I know. out to oh, Roman Reigns. Yeah. Get well soon, All man. best wishes to him. My goodness. You know, maybe the most... Uh, prolific wrestler right now in WWE. Hey, diagnosed leukemia. Or has it's leukemia been a, it's been a couple of minutes since I've really really dialed in and uh, to the WWE is um is hacksaw Jim Dugan still a thing? Uh, uh, he just retired like thirty <laughs> years ago. Fantasy news from the National Football League. This is the instant replay. What about right. The Rock? Is The Rock still a big wrestler? Well, The Rock is not still a big wrestler. He but doesn't he make appearances. Yeah, does, yeah. st- does he still actually? Does he, does. he, he still he does pops like in? Once, like once every 18 months comes, makes probably like 20 million bucks to do so, <laughs> and then most goes back to his 4 a.m. It's hard to be uh, him, you know? Yeah. F- future President Dwayne Johnson? My brother had a uh, geology class with The Rock when they were really? together. You? Is that yeah, right? Yeah. Rocks wow. for jobs. A geology class, of right. course. Well, my brother was literally rocks my, for jobs. Yeah. My brother was a marine science right. major. We're, so, we're way know. off the rails here. I will just tell you that I took a geology class at Syracuse <laughs> University. 
That wasn't and, at Roxford no. Jocks. But, and no, it was. It was. Everyone was like, "I Roxford Jocks." I need. I got like a C, and I worked my butt off for that C. Like it was so hard. Everyone's like, "Oh, Roxford Jocks," and I'm like, oh, "I don't know. Is this is this quartz or pints or what?" I, I. It was the worst. I have to tell you, like me and that stupid geology class was the was just a disaster. Carrying around like a box of rocks, and it's just like it was just the worst. And like I'm like, this is supposed to be easy, and it was so damn hard. Well, it was so damn hard. You look like the kind of guy that would carry around a box of rocks, though. Yeah, like, no big deal. exactly. I'm, it's, I'm as dumb as a box of rocks is what it is. Nah. So anyway, um, well, good to know. So I have um, my connection to The Rock, of course, is that uh, I've seen a lot of his movies. <laughs> Which basically makes you and I <laughs> equally connected to The Rock. Let's oh, get but, into uh, fantasy football. True story, true story. The Rock, friend of the podcast. We've had The Rock on the Fantasy Focus. Nate and I interviewed him back in the day. He did a car wash for one of his movies, actually. So there's a uh, there's a picture of Nate and I with uh, uh, with The Rock, and in fact, they did WWE was filming his day at ESPN for like a for a package, and um um and I I turned to him during the podcast and I just said I said I just hey curious uh, Dwayne, what if I can't smell what you're cooking? And he had no answer for it. Um, and, uh, he, he just said it's like it's never happened. And, um, anyway, that made the little, uh, WWE real. There you go. That's my, that's my one rock claim to fame. Were you trying to be funny in asking that? I don't even want the answer because we have a lot of football to I get to. I thought it was semi clever. Because he always says, can you smell what the rock is I'm cooking? I'm aware of that part, man. Yeah, everybody's aware so then of that I, part. And then you I turned it around on joke. him. We should, it's we what should, I did. Yeah, we should recall that joke. Really sorry, guys. <laughs> yep. Here we go. Dalvin it's still better than the hamstring joke. That's, that's not, that's, that's not saying much. Let's get to Dalvin yes. Cook, who, as All of this right. morning, and it's, Stefania <laughs> said this or hinted as much oh, on boy. Monday when we were recapping the Vikings, uh, game from Sunday against the Jets, that there's a chance, if not an expectation, that Dalvin Cook could be out until week 11, which is when the Vikings return from a bye. And Courtney Cronin wrote about it this morning. Yep. And now, if I roster Dalvin Cook, that's what I'm planning for, Stefania. Absolutely. And shout out to Courtney Cronin, because it was in talking with her that we were able to get that news, and that at least that that news might be coming, and deliver it to you on Monday's podcast. I mean, Obviously, I chat with her every week, because we've been monitoring the Dalvin Cook hamstring injury sure. situation. And I think... There's been frustration, notably on both sides. Uh, not frustration with the player, but frustration with the situation. Coach who has a player who seems so close, yet all of a sudden when he tries to ramp it up, can't go. And a player who's frustrated because he's not at a hundred percent. So I think, uh, the, there was a decision that we're going to go ahead and back him off. We know we've got this buy coming up. And then there's not that pressure of every day. What's he going to do in practice? How's he going to respond? Are we going to have him this week? I think the feeling is, let him get 100% better. You know you've got a thing in Latavius Murray, and we'll see him back in week 11, hopefully. Yeah. Matthews so anyway, just... first off, just want to just wanna pour one out for my homies here. I'm, I'm keeping the cap on so that the, the radio people don't freak out. out. Right, yeah. But um, just mock pouring it out for my homies that, that took Dalvin Cook in the first round there. Uh, been a tough year. Could be worse. You could have Le'Veon Bell on your roster. I'm just... You know, listen, Latavius Murray has been the fifth best running back in fantasy over the last two weeks, right? He's gotten 15 or more carries um, in the past two weeks, 224 yards, two touchdowns here, third in carries in the NFL. Um, it's not a great matchup on Sunday night against the Saints. They actually have the best run defense over the last four weeks. But I think 
knowing that Murray's going to get the majority of the work there, somehow still available in almost 30% of ESPN League's field. That changes starting tomorrow, I would imagine. Now, obviously, waivers ran overnight last night, but still now will be a great time to go grab Latavius Murray. I think the reason why he hasn't spiked to 100% is because there's been this thread of hope every week. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dalvin Cook, practice. Practice right. on a limited basis. Might be a game-time decision. Could be on a pitch count. All of those things, but announce, uh, eventually we arrived to the point where... Uh, Dalvin Cook, we not, do not expect to see him until week 11. Latavius Murray has plenty of value until that point. One last thing to put a bow on this here. Just at this point, with this news, whoever has Dalvin Cook in your league is probably just like ugh, so sick of him and so disgusted and probably just so frustrated. If you're sitting there, you're 6-1, and one, you're 5-2, and two, you feel pretty good about what your team is like, make a low-ball offer on Dalvin Cook because look at their schedule coming up in weeks 15 and 16. They played Miami and Detroit, two of the worst uh, run defense in the NFL. Now, the Lions just did something to try to shore up that run defense. But the right. fact of the matter is, is those are pretty good matchups for a talented player who, in theory, should be healthy there. So just if you're sort of link, looking ahead, I just think Dalvin Cook makes an interesting <laughs> buy low if you're feeling good and you know, like, hey, I don't need a guy. This is just about trying to get to the championship. Let's move along here to Albert Wilson, who was placed on injured reserve, or is going to be placed on injured reserve. The uh, Dolphins wide receiver was awesome two weeks ago, got banged up. It's a groin issue, and worth noting, Stefania, that unlike other players who are being placed on injured reserve right now, we we say, like, hey, there's a chance somebody could return later on in the season. The Dolphins have already exercised their two short-term IR designations. This means Albert Wilson's done for the year. It is, and, you know... Drew Rosenhaus, his agent, had said early in the week that he expected him to miss multiple weeks. So I don't think we were surprised that this was going to cost him significant time. I don't know that we necessarily thought he was going on injured reserve. So the one bit of good news, Adam Schefter reporting that it's not a situation where he requires surgery, but obviously lengthy recovery. Matthew, I mean, somebody has to catch passes on Thursday night. And Kenny Stills is out. Stills, right? It's not Albert Wilson. Danny Amendola and Devontae Parker come into focus. Yeah, they do. I mean, Amendola actually makes the love list this week and sort of the others receiving votes here. Do you know um, Danny Amendola over the last two weeks been a top 10 fantasy wide receiver? He's been good. Yeah, I mean, he he's, been, yeah. he's, getting, uh, he's getting over 20% target share here. So, um, you know, look... I, We'll see what they clearly don't like Devonte Parker. There's something wrong with that relationship, right? It it, it feels like it feels like no that is, doubt about it. It feels like that has turned sour. So you think about um, Albert Wilson not going to play in this game. Kenny Stills has already been ruled out for Thursday night as well. So Danny Amendola, who's out there in a bunch of leagues, I just think if you need somebody in a PPR league. Danny Amendola should have a nice game against the Texans on Thursday night. He was on the waiver wire column, and I gotta be honest with people, I think that maybe we're at the time of the year where people have sort of settled in on their lineups because a lot of the people, like, there weren't that many players, period, who were added in a significant percentage of leagues. Like, I'm not saying either one of them is going to be unbelievable, but I would say Doug Martin was only added in like 13% of leagues. Following the March on Lynch news. Do you think that's because people have seen Doug Martin play football? Well, I mean, Jalen Richard also added. I'm telling you, like, he was one of the most added players. There was like 13% of leagues. There's a lot more buzz around Jalen Richard. But even he wasn't added that much. Like, it was, it was very surprising to see how few players were added in significant portions of leagues overnight. So keep your eyes on players like Danny Mendoza. Free agency moves for people available. I mean, it was, it was sort of a, it was a lukewarm, waiver wire class this week, I suppose, and you may feel like 
you know, depending on where you are in terms of, in terms, with the exception of, so Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott are out this week. Yep. But you might be able to, you might be looking at your running backs and be like, you know what, I, I'm fine, right? I, I would assume, I haven't looked at the, but I'm assuming like Kenyon Barner must have been picked up in a lot more leagues. Like 15% of leagues. Yep. Just 15%. That's, that's, Again, that's shocking to me as well. Right. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I, trust right. me, I did this all morning. Yeah. I spent my morning trying to figure out who <laughs> was added in a bunch because you always look ahead to the right. following week. Sure, sure. A lot of players should be added in a bunch of leagues. I'm not sure we'd add him in a league, but Rashard Matthews was signed. We mentioned this right as the podcast was closing up yesterday. Signed by the New York Jets. They are desperate for skill players right now. We'll talk about Bilal Powell in a second, but... I look at this Rashard Matthews signing and like I'm not sure that there's anything here right now that you need to do. As we talked about yesterday, this is like a late, maybe like if you were doing a draft, he will be a late round flyer, like the latest round flyer you could find, but has not been a particularly prolific passing offense to this point. He's going to make, if he plays on Sunday, you figure it would be a limited package, right? Sure, I mean, he's been with the team for what will amount to three practices before he actually suits up in a uniform on Sunday. But we don't know what Quincy Anuma's status is going to be now. And I think, Stefania, my radar's up on Anuma about what he could be or when he could return. Yeah, I know. And we haven't really gotten much information. So right. uh, the, while the Jets are pretty good, like, you know what their practice pattern is during the week. So if guys out there like Isaiah Corral, and we kind of watch what he does and you get a feeling by the end of the week, the guys, once they go away... We ha- we don't really hear from them. You know, another guy I'm keeping my eye on is Elijah McGuire, you know, because here's a, here's someone who was placed yeah. on injured reserve because of foot injury at the preseason. He's someone who could become available to them uh, in the sh- very in the very Next near week. future. Right. So Bilal Powell out with the neck injury that we don't know much detail on. Obviously, Quincy Nunwe, his season ended last year because of neck injury. Um, that's not what's bothering him now. But they're sort of all over the place. We don't yeah. know who are going to be the guys who take the field. It's a bottom six passing offense on a per-game basis so far this season. In terms of rushing offense, it's not decided. It's it's, a, it's better as a rushing offense, but all of a sudden yes. Bilal Powell goes to injured reserve. Uh, for those that are in desperation play mode, Trenton Cannon could be the Jets' number two running back this week. Now, we'll see whether they mm-hmm. consider adding somebody to the active roster as a third running back. Mm-hmm. It's not a sure thing, but as of right now, it looks like Cannon, who had four catches for 69 yards, could see some sort of role for the New York Jets. Desperate times call for desperate measures, but I think the focus really is on Eli McGuire because the door is wide open to him playing a bunch. He's eligible to return as soon as next week, and he Mm -hmm. played okay last year as a rookie, Matthew. Yeah, he certainly did, and I I mean, there was talk that this was going to be a three-headed monster prior to the injury to Bilal Powell. They like McGuire there, and in fact, in the preseason, there was talk that McGuire had actually passed Powell on the depth chart. So, McGuire, who, to your point, so he's got to miss eight weeks. This is week eight. He'll be eligible to return in week nine. In some deep leagues that I'm in, some 16-team leagues, I've already seen McGuire picked up. I actually grabbed him in a league as well when I saw the Powell going to the IR News. Todd Bowles has never liked going with just one running back. As long as he's been the head coach, it's always been at some sort of committee. And my expectation is that's what it would be, is that I would, you know, it was sort of Powell and then Crowell in in terms of their usage. Right. I mean, Crowell ended up getting the touchdowns, but I felt like, um, you know, Powell played more snaps, got more touches. My feeling is those roles switch a little bit and that Crowell would be the one and McGuire would be the one A. But no doubt about it, in a 12 team or deeper league where you need some running back help, he's going to be involved starting in week nine. So you could do worse than Bilal Powell. It's hard. It's weird, though. You know, when you sit here and say Jalen Richard's out there in a ton of leagues, Kenyon Barner's out there in a ton of leagues, it's hard to recommend Elijah McGuire. So it's more of a deeper league play. And to your point about Richard Matthews, I mean, look, they, they've they got Robbie Anderson. 
Right. I mean, that's, that's pretty that's much it. They, cut, they, they, they cut Terrell Pryor. We'll see what they get out of Jermaine Curse. Um, but Richard Matthews, who struggled with his own health issues, I think is probably a nicer ad for the Jets than he is in fantasy. But it is one of those guys that in deeper leagues, you sort of keep an eye on towards the, uh, towards, um, towards the end of the season. Because remember 2016, he was the 22nd best wide receiver in fantasy. This is somebody that has had success when he is healthy and on the field. No doubt about that. We'll see if he can assimilate quickly into this Jets offense. And we'll see whether or not Quincy Newman returns at any time uh, soon. (laughs) Stefania, tell us about 23andMe, if you'd be so kind. I would be, Phil. 23andMe is a DNA testing service that can offer insights into your ancestry, health, wellness, and traits. The 23andMe Health and Ancestry Service includes reports on how your DNA can influence your weight, sleep quality, caffeine intake, sense of taste, whether you are likely to be lactose intolerant, and more. It's easy to do. Secret Squirrel, I believe you have experience with it being easy to do. Oh, I thought you were just, I thought, I thought Stefania was sitting there going, like, it's easy to do. Like, Secret Squirrel could do it. Like, he's a dumb child. Wow. I mean, all you have to do is spit in a tube. So, like, even I could do it. That is accurate. This is, this is true. You, listen, a lot of, say what you want about Daniel Dobb, but he can spit. That's a spitter right there. Yeah. That's a, give that man a tube and it's going to be filled with saliva. I have seen that firsthand. All right. So we know that you simply spit into the tube provided in your 23andMe kit and mail your saliva sample back to the lab to be analyzed. The deep sleep report will tell you if you are more likely to be an especially deep sleeper. The sleep movement report tells you how much you're likely to move during your sleep based on your DNA. The saturated fat and weight report tells you based on your genetics how your weight might be affected by saturated fats in your diet and offers tips on which foods to watch out for if you are trying to eat less saturated fat. The lactose intolerance report sheds insight into how your genetics may affect your ability to digest dairy products. Order your 23andMe Health and Ancestry Service Kit at 23andMe.com slash FFF. That's the number 2323andMe.com slash FFF. There you have it there. Let's get into our rankings conversation for week eight. And we begin at quarterback, and this game is being played on Thursday night. But Deshaun Watson's kind of an interesting play here. He was good at the beginning of the season for fantasy purposes, but not so much in terms of real football. Then he got good at both, and then he's regressed over the past couple of weeks. Now, he is banged up, and he did play the Jaguars this past week. But let's dive into this matchup against Miami. Matthew has him at 11. I have him at 15. I have him at low rank this week. Stefania has him inside the top 10. But I feel like um, the fact that he's not in like top five or six play from any of us tells you kind of where we're at, sure. where we're at with Deshaun Watson. Like Deshaun Watson 2018 is a decidedly different beast than what he was in 2017. Yeah, he, he hasn't looked good. I, I mean, you know, the fantasy points have been there up until recently. But just for the course of the season, he hasn't looked like the same electric player yep. that we what we all fell in love with at the beginning of last year. And whether that's because of, you know, sort of injuries, you know, Will Fuller was in and out of the lineup and now the emergence of Kiki Cutie, the fact that he's just getting hit at an unbelievable rate, that offensive line has really struggled field. Yeah, worse, the, I think it's worse than the NFL, if yeah. I had to guess. Yep. Their run game is inconsistent as well. I mean, like. But the problem is we've been just like, well, like his rushing has kept his floor high and like right. we sort of looked the, looked the other way because we were getting, we were still getting, you know, elite fantasy production from him or at least solid fantasy production from him. But then you think about 316 total passing yards over the past two weeks combined. He's throw, he's failed to throw multiple touchdown passes in three straight games here, you know, and he has the last two weeks, just 27 completions. He completed at least 29 in the prior two games. Like, so the volume hasn't been there as well. It's a little nerve wracking. 
That said, I have him at 11. You don't like players on a short week, but he is at home, and like it's against the Dolphins. I like him better than I like the Dolphins, whose defense exactly. looked like bleh. Swiss uh, cheese last this past week, week, and now yeah. you got four days later dolphins that really don't have anything offensively that scares you. We don't even know who's going to catch passes. So how much is the defense going to be on the field? Like it was, it was all of that. I agree with a lot of what you're saying about Deshaun Watson, but I just looked at this now that you got the team; they're in first place. They've got reason to be fired up. I think he is feeling a little bit better now than he was a couple of weeks ago, and his receivers are still productive. I mean, he's still got DeAndre Hopkins, who he let's sure face does. it yep. is going to make him look good. So that was part of the reason why. I had him a little higher than you guys. Field, how much of his struggles have been due to uh, the fact that his offensive line has been brutal, right? Um, Josh Allen, Marcus Mariona, the only quarterbacks that have been hit more than Sean Watson this year. And how much of it is just, you know, bad scheduling? He played Jacksonville and Buffalo. Prior to that, he'd had three straight games with 375 passing yards. That's part of it for sure. One other thing that I've kept an eye on is last year, the vertical passing game in Houston was red hot, right? I mean, Will Fuller almost yeah. every single week was uncorking one downfield shot that he oh, was catching. Sure. This year, with Fuller's relative struggles over the past few weeks, those haven't quite been there, so it just hasn't been as precise as it was last season. I still have hope for Watson, but maybe I need to see it one more time before mm-hmm. I feel like I'm all back aboard the Deshaun Watson trade. It, Watch Thursday night. Yeah. Well, listen, I like it, be. It, it, it is worth <laughs> noting over the last four weeks, the Dolphins have been much worse in their run defense than their pass defense. So you could see a big dose of Lamar Miller here, which would certainly limit Watson's upside Let's as well. Let's go to Jared Goff, who plays the Packers, and it's the largest underdog Aaron Rodgers has ever been in his NFL starting <laughs> career, which tells you about how Vegas views this game for Jared Goff and the Rams. Matthew, you him at 12. Stavanya and I have him inside our top 10 at 7 apiece. This offense is terrific. It has been low volume the past couple of weeks, so why don't you start with the reasons why you don't believe Jared Goff should be a week 8 starter? Well, I think it's I think it's a couple reasons, right? So, first off, last two games he's averaging barely 200 passing yards a game, 201.5 to be exact. He has just three passing touchdowns in the three games. Well, you know, we also that five touchdown game against the Vikings on Thursday night. He has three passing touchdowns total yeah. in the last three games here. Think about the Green Bay Packers who were bottom 10 in the NFL against the run in terms of yards per carry allowed, touchdowns allowed. Um, you know, so, uh, the, the Green Bay Packers who, uh, are currently over the last four weeks, uh, the 16th worst run defense and the number one pass defense and I think part of that is due to be because teams can run so successfully on them yeah I do the Rams need to throw that much be, I think so. because of Todd yeah. Gurley I mean for me yeah. this is this is a this is a volume thing you think about the Rams defense it's the fourth best scoring defense this season it's the seventh fewest yards allowed this season I don't think it's a shootout the way we might think it is where Jared Goff has to go toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers Rodgers still get his but right. Gurley's just been so good and so efficient field, they haven't needed to chuck it the way he did on that Thursday night game against Minnesota. This feels a lot more like the Chargers and the Vikings games to me, where Jared Goff threw for 350-plus and then over 400 yards. Like, I get it. Uh, the Rams can run the football so incredibly effectively with Todd Gurley, but in games where they've been tested by sort of real offenses, the defense has shown some limitations. Now, part of that is because of injuries in the secondary, and part of that is because the run defense at least by most statistics, has not been very good this year. Aaron Rodgers, nearly 900 passing yards in his past two games. I think this is a shootout. That's my rationale for the seventh overall ranking. I do too, and I think Aaron Rodgers is healthier. 
Yeah. And I think that makes him a little more nimble, which means he's, I, I, I just feel like the passing game is stronger for them. They have multiple options of receivers are healthier for Green Bay. I feel like they're going to bring that passing game to LA and LA is going to respond with a big passing game as well. All right. Andrew Luck. So, yeah. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I have him at 12, so it's not like I'm like, I'm way down on him, but I do have him outside my top. I'm going to make correct. a point yes, about sir. Andrew Luck that applies to what you did with Jared Goff is, Matthew has Andrew Luck at 6th this week. I have him at 12. Stefania has him at 11. While there are some bye weeks this week, if you look at the teams that are on a bye, other than Phillip Rivers like is there a, and Matt Ryan, like Marcus Mariota and Dak Prescott are not quarterbacks that you're considering starters. Yep. Well, maybe Dak can change that tune at some point soon. But my point is merely this, is there is so much quarterback depth right now in the NFL that sometimes when you rank a player as low as you do, it's less about him, it's more about other good options. So Andrew Luck, for me, is at 12 when you have players like Jared Goff, Ben Roethlisberger at home, Jameis Winston against Cincinnati, Andy Dalton against the Buccaneers, for example, that have such good matchups this week that Luck just gets right. pushed down despite his matchup against the Oakland Raiders. And I also, for me, um, the way I look at Luck's values this year is his passing yardage has been sort of up and down. He's yeah. had some games where he's thrown for, he's had one game where he threw for over 400 yards, but then you look at last week, is only 156 yards, despite the high point total because of the multiple touchdowns. But eight picks this yeah. season. Like, he he's willing to throw the ball and make some mistakes. And so... uh I think they'll they'll also be able to run it. They saw a strong outing from Marlon Mack, who obviously caught a pass for a touchdown, but I think they're going to be able to run the ball quite a bit. I just don't feel like it's as strong, and I agree with Field that, for me, after it got through like this first top two or three, I'm like, wow, you can make a case. I found myself making the case against myself for yeah. a lot of the guys that I was ranking. I, you know, it's interesting. So, I mean, like, it's it's sort of the same thing in terms of my ranking of Goff. We're sort of swapped on these two, right? Goff versus – because you guys have – you guys have Goff, basically, you guys both have Goff in top seven. I have him at 12. Yep. I have Luck mm-hmm. at six. You guys, you have him, you have Luck at 12. Uh, Stefania has him at 11. Uh, and so same thing where it's just like a lot of good uh, quarterbacks have matchups that I just like a little bit more here. My thought on, on Andrew Luck is he leads the NFL with 311 passing attempts. Like even if these, his passing attempts come down in this sure. game, yeah. it would have to come down significantly for him to, to, I mean, lot. they just throw like, it a well, ton. But my point is so, Hang on. So and, and so the Raiders, who allow a league high nine point oh three passing yards per attempt this season. I mean, they give him a chunk of passing yards per attempt, and here's a guy that's throwing the ball a ton. And my expectation, honestly, is that Oakland will be able to move the ball against Indy. So I don't think it's going to be a run heavy game for the Colts in the second half. I guess it comes down to your belief in Oakland staying competitive here in this game right. being tight because the Colts have played three close games this year. Andrew Luck has thrown twenty three, forty and 31 passing attempts in those three games. Now, I know that one of the other games that I'm not including is when they lost in overtime to the Texans, but they were down like 21 points in the fourth quarter. So Andrew Luck threw it 62 times. He also threw it 59 times against the Patriots when they got waxed. 53 (laughs) against the Bengals in the opening game when they lost that one too pretty decidedly. And that Jets game a couple of weeks ago that was not as close as the score indicated, he threw it 43 times. I just think that Andrew Luck and the Colts have a chance to... I mean, take advantage of what I think is the worst team in football, or right up there along with the Arizona Cardinals, and that's why I don't view the 50 attempt, 50 attempt outlook as, ni- as nearly as likely. I don't, I don't know that he needs 50 attempts to, to have a huge fantasy day, 15 passing touchdowns over the last four weeks. No other quarterback has more than 11. So I will say this, I'm going to do something that has never been done before on the fantasy focus <laughs> in 11 years. Short, concise content. <laughs> that's another day for that. Zing.
I say, Field and Stefania, <laughs> that Andrew Luck scores more fantasy points this week than Jared Goff. Okay. Okay. We, we say Jared Goff scores more fantasy points than Andrew Luck. Put it on the board. board. Put it on the board. That's right. We get two wins for that one. All right, Matthew, tell us about Lexus. <laughs> Absolutely. Elite Picks is brought to you by Lexus. My sneaky elite pick of the week based on where everyone falls comes up after I let you know about the all-new Lexus ESF <laughs> Sport. Lexus has taken everything they've ever mastered and put it into the ES field. I don't know if you're aware of their daring design, their imaginative technology, their dynamic performance, because crafting every detail to surpass expectations means nothing if it doesn't lead to the experience of something greater. Stefania knows all about this. Every curve, innovation, and feeling a product of mastery, epitome of unconventional craftsmanship, hand-stitching on the dash, three-dimensional quilted seat designs, the ES features exquisite linear espresso and linear dark mocha wood trims. Mm. Multi-layered works of art inspired by a Lexus exclusive design that requires 67 manufacturing steps over 38 days. And with years of research and exhaustive testing, one result, a robust 302 horsepower, 3.5 liter direct injection V6 engine, further amplifying its breathtaking performance. An all-new 8-speed automatic transmission delivers intuitive responsiveness and seamless acceleration. Plus... An integrated suite of class-leading standard active safety equipment like lane tracing assist, pre-collision system with pedestrian and bicyclist detection, all-speed dynamic radar cruise control, intelligent high beam. Every curve, every innovation, every feeling, it's a product of mastery. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Amazing, not what I have done because I said Elite Picks is brought to you by Lexus. And I did that before the live read. I'm supposed to do it after the live read. Do it read. again then. Do so I will remind you that Elite Picks is brought to you by Lexus and my sneaky Elite Pick of the Week based on where everyone falls is Jameis Winston, famous Jameis. I have him as a top four play this week, Field. You have him at 10. Stefania has him outside the top 10. Look, in 10 quarters this year, 10? And, okay. and, and he's played 10 quarters plus an overtime. And in those in that time frame, Jameis Winston has passed 905 yards. He's got 905 oh, okay. passing yards. If you extend that to a full season, you extend that rate to a full season, 64 quarters, you're looking at, I will do the math for you, you're looking at 5,792 passing yards. That would be an NFL record. Just to give you a comparison, right? The NFL record for a single season is 54-77. Okay. So it would be over 300 yards more than the NFL record. That is what Jameis Winston is currently doing in this offense. Um, honestly, pick a bad stat about the Bengals, and I got him. They've played seven games. Six different quarterbacks have scored over 17.5 fantasy points against them. Five quarterbacks have thrown 315 yards. Five quarterbacks have thrown multiple touchdown passes. They are 31st against the pass over the last four weeks. They're the 28th scoring defense. We saw what Patrick Mahomes did to him last year, last week, and I'm not saying Jameis Winston is Patrick Mahomes, but what I am saying is this is a team that is throwing at a high rate with a ton of very good pass catchers. So, so yeah. Give me a guy in Jameis Winston who, by the way, start is starting to run. 10 for 55 last week on the ground. That kind of helped him out, though. I mean, I'm still in the camp that doesn't fully trust Jameis Winston. Um, multiple touchdowns in each of his last four games. No touchdown. I mean, touchdowns. Multiple interceptions. Did I say touchdowns? Yeah. A little sleepy. Multiple interceptions in each of his last four games. No touchdowns last week. So the rushing definitely helped you out. Yep. And he throws a lot, but he's still makes a lot of errors he's still off target a lot. i 
I'm still in the, I think the talent ha- is potentially there. It just feels like to me, like I, he hasn't gotten past sort of this high mediocre point. I don't have a strong uh-huh. feeling on this one. I'm at 10. So like I am as a starter, a low end starter. Yeah. Again, this comes back down to I mean, some of the right great matches we Luck. have this week. It's right. Not terrible. So it's just I think, yeah, not, I'm not, I can't get to number four. If, any of us had any of the quarterbacks that we have discussed so far, we'd be comfortable starting them. It just sure. might be that we feel a little bit stronger about them as compared to others. Let's take a quick break and continue on with our running back chatter. Right, guys, and now for a quick mention from our ZipRecruiter Smartest Fan of the Week. Hey, this is Robert Anthony, the ZipRecruiter Smartest Fan of the Week. And I want to give a shout-out to Not Cool Keith. His unwavering support of the Cleveland Browns reminds me of the time when I was seven years old and believed I could be anything, only to grow up and still be a Cleveland Browns fan. Now, back to the show. Wow. Wow. Just throwing I'm shades so... at Keith and a, an entire fan in base. a game no, show voice, a game show host voice. I, I mean, that, that voice, voice is, is so good. Yeah, I, just really can't good. Get over I really how want video game. with that. I just at some yeah. point I got it because I is I just feel like he's in a suit with a stick mic. Yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> I, I thought on it was that. I thought it was the guy that did the you know NFL countdown voice for us. You know, oh, sure. I was, I, all week long I've been NFL thinking it was him. And I asked Daniel if it was like, is this a gag that was set up? You know, and it's not. He says no. Hmm. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Let's move along here to our running back ranks and get to one of Matthew Berry's loves of the week. It is Kenyon Barner. And Matthew, I'll let you make the case for Kenyon Barner. Let me start here by saying, as of right now, the Patriots have not made a move on a running back. Sony Michelle has been classified as week to week per Adam Schefter's reporting. The Patriots play on Monday night against the Buffalo Bills. I don't know this for a fact, but it would seem to me unlikely that Sonny Michel would play on, he would, unlikely for him to play on Monday night. But if he's week to week and there is a dash of hope that he could play in week nine when the Patriots play the Green Bay Packers, there might be some school of thought that if you use Kenyon Barner and James White to try to get through one game with two running backs, knowing that you have Corderell Patterson as a, and I'm not trying to be funny here, as a back pocket option. Right. If you needed to handle the football three or five times in a game, that's sort of like, I'm not saying the Patriots won't add a running back, but I'm starting to wonder if maybe they will just go with two running backs, which gives more credence to your Kenyon Barner case. Yeah, that's my argument. I mean, I, all, all due respect, I think if the Patriots are looking at, at kind of a, a grander worldview, if you will, mm-hmm. They feel like, you know what, we think we probably got a good shot against Derek Anderson and the Buffalo Bills. And to your point, you know, maybe why risk Sony Michelle uh, when they're already, you know, thin at running back in terms of their depth. And let's give them an, a little bit more time to recover, especially for with the Packers on deck in week nine. And so you sort of think about how this game plays out. Right. Um, I think they're up big. I mean, I think the Patriots are a great play in this game, obviously. I, I just, I don't think Derek Anderson is very good. I think there's a reason That's he fair. was on the, yeah. I think there's a reason he was on the street. And now you're talking Derek Anderson, who's been on the street for a couple of weeks, who's been only with the team for a couple of weeks, has limited, uh, talent around him. LaShawn McCoy banged up as right. well. So their best offensive player may not play in this game either. And so, I just think they're up big. I think they're up big in the second half. And I think, you know, hey, let's get Kenyon Barner some run. Let's let's get him more acclimated to the offense, you know. And, uh, you know, so I think there's a 
kind of a lot of junk time. I think there's a chance that he gets um, gets into the end zone here as well. Like they gave him, I, I believe, ten carries last week. Yeah, ten carries, and, and, and he got some red zone work as well. Sure. So um, he is not in Tom Brady's triangle of trust. But I think <laughs> but uh, I know, Tom Brady posts him on it. We don't know. We'll if see. He we'll posts see. Who, an Instagram well, pic well, yeah, of Kenyon Barner by the weekend. Then. That is exactly right, Stefania. We study Tom Brady's Instagram right <laughs> like the Zapruder film. Uh, we will see if Kenyon Barner makes Tom's IG. But until that time. I think he's a very valuable flex play. Understand it is the Monday night game, and we don't know for sure. We don't think Sony Michelle is going to play, but we don't know that for sure. Just checked. It's merely James Devlin selfies on Tom Brady's Instagram account right now. So Devlin's going to have like eight touchdowns. Right. 100%. I'm Devlin's not on there as of yet. Uh, but no, I'm with you, Matthew. I think the case is very compelling right there. Let's keep an eye on if the Patriots add a running back. If they do, then all of a sudden the narrative might change sure. a bit on Kenyon Barner. You have a hate this week, Matthew. And again, it's relative to expectations, but Alvin Kamara is inside our top 10. Mark Ingram is outside your top 20, though, right? I mean, it's a player that two weeks ago, or in his first game back, was awesome, right in front of your very own eyes. This past week, got enough work to not cash in with a touchdown, but you think this could be the week where things level off for Ingram? Yeah, I mean, I think if, if for people that are putting together and saying, look, look at the snaps played since he's come back. Well, that was so skewed by that Monday night game where... Kamara had played so much through the first four weeks and they wanted to give him a break and then Ingram's game back and then the game got out of hand quickly. And so why, why not just, you know, get some more run for Mark Ingram? But right. he's a guy that, you know, is averaging barely three yards a carry so far, you know, um, uh, this year, this year and, uh, you know, last year as well for, for a while, right? You basically, for me on Mark Ingram, you need him to get in the end zone. And I just don't know that he does that. Todd Gurley is the only running back to rush for 60 or more yards against Minnesota. That is one of the best defensive lines in football. It's a great run defense. They're top 10 in terms of limiting yards before and after first contact per carry. They're the third most efficient red zone defense this season. I think it's unlikely that Mark Ingram gets into the end zone. I mean, anything's possible, a one-yard plunge, of course. But I just I don't see him getting a ton of volume here. I think the way the Saints move the ball on the ground is basically dump off passes to Alvin Kamara. So yeah, Ingram outside my top twenty. Yeah, I mean I think it's fair. I mean I have him ranked at thirteen and Stefania at eleven. I think what you said is fair, Matthew. What I would just note is with all the running back injuries and players on by this week, that you know there are a few more fantasy relevant running backs on by this week than there are quarterbacks: Zeke Elliott, Melvin Gordon. I mean, Deion Lewis played much better this past week, for example. It's just really hard to find anybody that could be in line for somewhere north of 12 total touches in a game. It's about trusting the offense for me with Mark Ingram. A really interesting situation takes place on Sunday morning. It's the Jaguars and the presumptive debut of Carlos Hyde because Leonard Fournette is not practicing today. And you can see the writing on the wall there for when uh, when Leonard Fournette might return. Yes, So they will be back. Uh, in week 10, Leonard Fournette would be. But with this Jaguars running back split, how are we tempering expectations or managing expectations going into week 8? Oh, you're talking to me? Either one of you. Okay. Yeah, I, it's, this was hard for me because here's the thing. T.J. Yeah. Yeldon's proven to be productive. Yeah. But T.J. Yeldon's also been banged up. And I, I felt like this was part of the reason. You, you, you take the pressure off Fournette for the next few weeks you ought, you have insurance essentially for TJ Yeldon as well as somebody who's complimentary to him. I don't think TJ Yeldon disappears because of Carlos Hyde and TJ Yeldon's been involved in the passing game as yep. well. So I, I feel like Carlos Hyde will be the, uh, if they want to do that ground and pound, they get some of that from him. 
but I don't see him suddenly being Leonard Fournette-ish in terms of the volume of work. I see him as being second to TJ Yeldon. It's hard for me to size this one up. It's just a dart throw. So I have them ranked this way for week eight. I've got Yeldon at 23 and Carlos Hyde at 29. The reason why, I have slightly more confidence that Carlos Hyde will remain in that pass-catching role. I mean, I, I don't know. It's, 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 art, it's a dart throw right now. Carlos Hyde uh, could get 20 carries on Sunday. It's a good run defense he's facing against Philadelphia. Yeah, this it is. is. I mean, so, me. I mean... Did the, you mean Yeldon as a pass catcher? Did, did I say Carlos? Yeah, I meant TJ Yeldon. Yeah, as the that, pass because catcher that's back. essentially my argument too. Yeah. and I have them ranked pretty similarily. It's hard. Just, there but is, I like, don't. It's, it's feel a dart like throw. This I is wait and see mode more than anything else. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, because of because the way I'm doing love hate this year is on projections, right? And so based on ESPN projections, by the way, I want to clean up one quick thing. I, I misspoke a little bit earlier. Mark Ingram had, is averaging 3.04 yards per carry this season. So just want to uh, clear that up. But that's among the reasons why I don't like him against Minnesota. He needs a touchdown to be relevant and beat his projection of 12.9. Um, as for Hyde and Yeldon, their combined projection here is 21.4. I'm taking the under here, right? The only player to rush for more than 50 yards against the Eagles this year is Saquon Barkley. Yep. So you've got Carlos Hyde, who's new to the system. How much run is he going to get? Then you've got TJ Yeldon. So you've got some sort of timeshare. You're not really sure which one of these two guys are going to get run here against a very good run defense. In fact, other than Barkley, two of the top three rushing performance against Philadelphia this year came from Cam Newton and Marcus Mariota. Right, so quarterbacks I, I, doing Quarterbacks, work. right. I mean, they're the fourth most efficient red zone defense this season. I think the way I think the way that Philadelphia moves the ball. I'm sorry. I think the way that Jacksonville moves the ball against Philadelphia is um, is honestly is passing. Like I think it's a I think it's a Keelan Cole and Dante Moncrief game. I think they 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 uh, we talked about this with Mike Clay a little bit. I think they try to take advantage of the perimeter corners that are struggling of Philadelphia. Whereas I think in terms of uh, Jacksonville. I'm sorry, in terms of Philadelphia, I think they're going to, I'm not crazy about Clement or Smallwood as well, because I think you try to attack the middle of the field there. I think it's a big Zach Ertz and Nelson Aguilar game. Let's move along to pass catchers. Matthew's got a run here, just a couple of minutes. Yep. So I want to do one more with you, Matthew, before you have to scoot. You have Devin Funches on the hate list this week because he has the worst matchup, I think, perhaps in football in terms of defense. Well, maybe not the worst individual matchup, but the, the Ravens defense has been the best in the NFL this year. Okay, so... We just talked about how Saquon Barkley's only got to get 50 or more yeah. um, against the Eagles. Well, in terms of Baltimore, one guy, one guy has exceeded 70 receiving yards against them. Funches, who, you know, coming into this year, we always thought of sort of as a big play threat here, averaging a career low 12.9 yards per catch this season. Doesn't have a single reception of over 30 yards here. Such a tough matchup here. Less volume, obviously, now that Greg Olson is back as well. And so... I don't know. You know, we're we're projecting him for eleven point four points, which is already sort of low. I mean, we're already sort of taking the matchup into account here, but I think he's going to need to get into the end zone for him to beat eleven point four. To me, that's too much of a dart throw against a Ravens defense that's playing so well. Yeah, the counterpoint is I don't think volume is nearly as much of an issue as you're forecasting for Devin Funches because he's the only established wide receiver that's getting the ball consistently right now. Torrey Smith's been in and out. Curtis Samuel has appeared a couple of times over the recent weeks. DJ Moore is still a work in progress. But um, I buy on the matchup. It's a difficult matchup. The Ravens are the real deal. I mean, they've got players that are legitimately blue-chip starters and other teams who are playing not even 100% of the snaps in their secondary. They oh, are yeah. the real deal. I went deal. against the Ravens one time this year, and I, I got beaten up for it. Yeah, I mean, I, by the Ravens. So. And I, I just also think they probably, I think it's a lot of like dump offs to Christian McCaffrey. I just think that that pass rush is so, you know, so good. Yeah, it feels and, like get rid of the ball quickly or Cam. Right. 
Like, right. I actually think Cam could be productive in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Cam consistently ranks in the top five because no matter the opponent, like, if you defend the pass well, them. you'll run right through them. <laughs> if they don't defend the pass well, then he'll just throw it through, around, and over them. All right, Matthew. We will see you, uh, Monday, correct? Yeah. I'm, I'm heading out. So I am going to, uh, I'm going to Disney World. My awesome. daughter's, my daughter's turned seven tomorrow. And nice. so, uh, oh, you know, and, happy uh, birthday to the girl. Yeah. yeah so, I, you know, anyway, so, um, anyway, the Super Bowl. It's funny. I'm yeah. going to Disney World. I'm going to Disney, going it's like, Disney World. It's, it's like I won the Super Bowl, except I didn't. Um, but no, it, you know, my boss is, uh, very kind, including Daniel Dopp. Oh, thank thanks, you to, Matthew. thank you to Mike Clay for, boss? well, nice. uh, he's the producer of this show. He could have, he could have put his foot down. No, Daniel's the he boss. Could've put, he could have put, put his beard down. Put my beard down. <laughs> Matthew, I'm going to ask you to do one thing before you yeah. leave, since you're not going to be here tomorrow. Why don't you pick the Thursday game? Let's actually do a quick recap of the standings. Oh, I'm in oh. first place. Oh, oh funny no how that worked out. To, Matthew, like, you happen to be that. in second place down in a second. pick. Keith is in third with 53, all tied by one point right there, all back. I think you and can stop there. Field is at 47, and Thirsty Cow and Stefania both stop. in last place at 46. Correct. At least we're sharing. Really difficult. We're seven and a half. Seven and we're today. proud of it. Seven and a half. Houston Texans, Matthew, what do you got? Uh, I'm sorry, so it is. Seven and a half point favorites, yep. Texans. I will say, that's a big number. I'll take yeah, the Dolphins. I'm going to take the Dolphins to cover. Matthew <laughs> takes the Dolphins. We'll get back October to that October continues, preview. baby. And I will, by the way, for if you are out, if you are in Disney, I mentioned this in the podcast yesterday, but Friday night at the ESPN Club on the boardwalk there, the Disney boardwalk, I will be, uh, downtown I'll be there. Downtown Disney. Down, it's not downtown Disney oh, necessarily. It's, it's, it's the it's boardwalk, boardwalk in Orlando. Yes, so if you're at the, it has a different at the name. it's, uh, Oopsie. anyway, it's the ESPN Club. Um, it's a, it's a sports club there. The ESPN Club there on the boardwalk in, uh, in the Disney boardwalk in the, you know, in, in, uh, in that whole area. Uh, I'll be there Friday night at 7 o'clock doing a Q&A. So uh, oh, come on by. Yeah, come on by and say hi. A little be, meet and greet. Little, little meet and greet. Little, with little, the fans. Yeah, answer a little, some love. Yeah, answer the question. Nice. Yeah, a little press the Go flash. Say a little kiss Maddie, babies. Maddie a little, B. Yeah, exactly. Get your photo taken. The Good whole stuff, thing. Matthew. It'll Enjoy be fun. Trip, so I'm going to go catch a we'll flight. See you Sunday. Thank you very right. much to everyone. God bless. Good luck in week eight. Geronimo Allison Stefania is an interesting name to note because it sort of ties into Randall Cobb. And you and I kind of see this one comparably, I believe, in having, oh, guess not. Uh, well, let's just talk about Geronimo <laughs> Allison and Randall Cobb. I misspoke there in saying we saw it the right, same I, way. I think we're just kind of, we have them about the same distance apart, which is a little bit flopped on where, yeah. where we are. And I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, lower. You're team I, Cobb. I'm team Geronimo. Yeah. And, and I'm not, and I don't feel great about it mm. as somebody, you know, Name Matthew Barry TMR would say. I'm, I'm picking that way and I don't feel great about it because I think we've seen, no, you're out. You I'm can't just, speak. I'm just going to support here, Stefania. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say that uh, the Rams really struggle against the slot. And, and Randall Cobb's got 27 in his three games that he played. He got 27 targets in those three games. So I'm just, I think the volume will be there assuming health. And that's, you know, as we sit here on a Wednesday, that's what we're dealing with. Well, okay. we were, we were talking so about this. Thank you. We were talking about this a little bit before the show. And I feel like the Randall Cobb, Aaron Rodgers connection that's Looks like it was starting out really strong in the preseason. Kind of when I was at camp, it looked like, hey, Randall Cobb's finally healthy, got the ankle done. Yeah. And that he and Rodgers were, and then it disappeared partially because he got injured, partially because Aaron Rodgers got injured. And there was one game where he had a lot of success with Randall Cobb. And I think the thought was because Aaron Rodgers couldn't move so much, they would try and really use that play to Randall Cobb, that release through the middle, um, that he was going to be valuable to him. And it ended up, not happening for a number of reasons. So Randall Cobb kind of fell off the radar, but I think he's back now and Aaron Rodgers a little bit healthier. 
And I just have more confidence in that, that, but not a ton, obviously, by the way I rated them. Yeah, I've got Geronimo higher for the simple reason that I think it's possible Geronimo's a better player than Randall Cobb right now. He's I'm not necessarily, I don't yards. necessarily disagree with you. Yeah, <laughs> I just, he's got at least 60 receiving yards in each game played so far this season. And, um, the other thing that we should both note is we have them relatively low. People right. are saying like Aaron Rodgers are thrown for 400 plus yards each of the past two games. You guys think it could be a shootout. Well, what about Marquez Valdez-Scantling? Yeah. Like, do we know that he's, he's going to just there. disappear and not so. be a part of the game plan at all going forward? I don't think we know that, but I also think that we have enough experience with watching Mike McCarthy right. that we, Confusing just because a player usage. is really talented and could be useful, doesn't necessarily mean said player gets so much right. opportunity. We're not so counting we on it from MVS. It just should be noted that it would be smart to at least incorporate him into the game plan. Agreed. But again, we'll update these ranks if Mike McCarthy gives us some level of indication, which I doubt he will, but if we get any read on possible MVS usage, we'll adjust these ranks if need be. Let's wrap these past catcher conversations up with Emmanuel Sanders, Stefania, because Daniel asked us this. All right. He is wide receiver three on the season so Correct. far. Correct. Yep. Why would he not be ranked <laughs> higher than wide receiver 13 in the consensus ranks? And here's where we just get to the list. Yeah. And we play because, sort of a so let's, so let's pseudo name. He, he's right? ranked, I have him 13, you have him 16. And, and Daniel asked us this question before. If he's wide receiver three in terms of productivity so far, why, like, why not rank him at that point? Right. Well, Let's see where our top receivers so are. So let's get back to our rankings here, and let's go to the wide receivers, and we start with, this week, Adam Thielen. Yeah. You're not going Nobody to Nobody is going to... Uh, we, we have Adam Thielen has now surpassed Antonio Brown by performance. Yep. No one's going to beat that. Number one, Adam Thielen. Number two, Antonio Brown. Okay. Number three, DeAndre Hopkins. Number yep. four, Odell. Number five, A.J. Green. Number six, Mike Thomas. Number seven, Tyreek Hill. Number eight, Devontae Adams. Number nine, Juju Smith-Schuster. Ten is Mike Evans, T.Y. Hilton, Jarvis Landry. The point is merely this. That's a really stellar group to begin the wide receiver ranking. So I think my own personal opinion is that after Devontae Adams, which gets you to Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Evans, T.Y. Hilton, you can start to make the case for Emmanuel Sanders. But if you're choosing between Emmanuel Sanders and somebody else in your lineup, you've got a, an embarrassment of riches at pass catchers. Uh, he's awesome. He's great. He's a really good player, and it's a good matchup against the Chiefs. Who, you know, They did a better job against the Bengals last week, and they did a pretty good job against the Broncos a few weeks ago when they played that first game on Monday Night Football in Denver. But yeah, if you like, if if you want to make the case for Emmanuel Sanders as a top eight play, not going to spoil our 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 serial right? Let right? me ask you this question: If you had to choose between like Golden Tate or Emmanuel Sanders this week, who would you choose? I'd go with Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders. What about Golden Tate or Alshon Jeffrey? Over Golden Tate. Uh, then I would go with Golden Tate. Okay. Alshon Jeffrey playing the uh, very good Jacksonville Jaguars defense. Okay, so you play Emmanuel Sanders over both of those guys? Yes, I would. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. But again, I mean, Emmanuel's, if, if this, like, put it this way, this is not some sort of sign of disrespect towards Emmanuel Sanders. Not at all. It's just that there's a lot of wide receiver top end depth that we don't have at running back. We don't have it tight end. We have it to a degree at quarterback. It's just our one position in the NFL where we have truly uh, great talent at the very top that goes 10 or 12 deep. I also think, like, here's this. I think they're playing at Arrowhead. I expect them, they can run the ball against Kansas City. I say, and yeah. I think you might you might see a lot of running back uses. Yes, they're going to have to catch up. I get it. Kansas City's going to throw. They're going to score points. And Denver is going to have to throw and do some of that to catch up. But if they want to uh, quiet Arrowhead a little bit, I think they mix in the running game 
Um, and they've got this really, really talented guy named no. Philip Lindsay and they, with a couple other guys behind him. Maybe no Royce Freeman this week, but, um, they've obviously not hesitated to use Devontae Booker. And I, I think you will see the running game help the passing game to some degree too. Wouldn't surprise me, by the way, like, much confidence we have in Emmanuel Sanders. It wouldn't surprise me if the Broncos went to Arrowhead and laid an egg and got smothered. <laughs> yeah. Like a 30-point rubbing. To I need Kansas one of you to ring the bell. You said Arrowhead three times so far. I know. Shame on me. I should shame use the shame bell. You should for use me the shame not bell, yeah. Ringing the Arrowhead bell. You know what's not smart? Forgetting to what? ring the Arrowhead <laughs> bell. Or heading out for a beautiful night uh, on oh, Nantucket so, oh. and forgetting your favorite lavender po- pocket square at home. <laughs> but you know what is smart? Going to ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010 to hire the right person. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. It's powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply so you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S., this rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at zip at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Time now for some ZR Fan of the Week, Daniel. That's right. This <laughs> week's question was, a zombie apocalypse breaks out, and you got to choose one member of the 06 owner to be your survival buddy. Yep. Who are you choosing and why? This one's from Jeff Oakey. Got to go with Starfania Bell here, fellas. Ooh. It's no secret Matthew and Squirrel would bring limited skill to an apocalypse, but Starfania at least has some medical-like degrees. Field would be fun, <laughs> but I'm worried the demise of social media would have him curled into a charming but useless ball after a couple of days. <laughs> Fair. I believe Starfania has a wine cellar that's at least safe and fun place to stay hydrated. Plus... She has a wherewithal to help formulate cogent plans for survival and a fantasy zombie demolition league while we wait it out with the initial wave. I don't even think Matthew could effectively read that last sentence. I don't, you know what? Yeah. I just Peace didn't out. get past the wine cellar and like that would be, a, that would be a safe place. I never thought of that as like my, you know, what do they call those? The safe, the rooms, the panic room. Yeah, panic room. Your wine <laughs> cellar is your panic, panic room. room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that one was so from good. Jeff Oakey. This one's from Paul Stockinger. I got to go with Matthew because he's already come back from the dead with his health scare last year, so we can easily <laughs> slip into the look and throw off the zombies if we need him to. Okay. That is it. A little, little grim, but sort of home, accurate. But... Yep. <laughs> I mean, listen, we're, we're, we're trying to be serious about this. Keeping it real. Uh, this one comes from Tad Mackey. He would choose Scott Clark. What? That man has no soul and do whatever it takes to survive. <laughs> Scott Clark. Now, if he called him all biz, right. really that would have won the day. That's but. really good. I'm already my favorite one, though. <laughs> Andrew Kirby said, it would have to be Mike Clay. Why? Because he could give me the analytics behind the zombie movement patterns, opportunity-adjusted zombie <laughs> statistics, and a plethora of other zombie-filled statistical goodies, like zombie winners and losers and best survivor-to-zombie matchups. Plus, we all know Mike Clay has the highest brain-to-head ratio, and that'd be more attracted to those hungry zombies. Pretty that good. from Pretty Andrew good. Kirby. Steve Halsell says, my strategy for a zombie apocalypse has always been to run away and hide. I want no part in fighting. (laughs) Zombie media has long taught that the odds are never in your favor. Therefore, I feel like the 0610 choice is obvious. It's Nate. Seriously, where is (laughs) Nate? Exactly. Nobody knows. If by some remote chance we are found, then we can escape from a safe distance upon his high high horse or a burrow underground in his weasel tunnels. (laughs) 
It's pretty good. Not bad. Um, that one was from Steve, and this last one is from Josh Powell. You know what? All the entries here are going to be picking buddies to run away with or to hide with, but not me. I need someone who's going to stand by my side and fight. Fight for humanity. Fight for mankind. And that someone has to have a fire in their belly. They need that rage bubbling under the surface. They need that uncontrollable fury that we can channel into a passionate destruction of these zombies. And who has that killer instinct? Who has that relentless, untapped anger? The one and only Matthew Barry. All I need to do... Is rant. Reel off a hamstring joke, <laughs> poke fun at his beignets, and remind him that Alfred Morris, listed <laughs> as the starter, led the team in red zone touches, was getting more snaps than anyone else, got zero points, costing the match in a league where he dominated the draft, mind you, and is now one in five. He lost to a guy who started Tyrell Williams, and he doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, fuel that rage. Obviously, defeat the zombies is easy as Matthew Berry. That one might be that one might be the Daniel. most on point. I know. And maybe it's the way you read it. But I actually just got a visual of Matthew going on a rant and a zombie doing like a 180 and going the other direction. You're like, bye bye. And that zombie apocalypse. That actually got me laughing because I was like, even the zombies can't like. So your top pick rant. would be these the, the I, Matthew I like that, rant. The Matthew rant. My top pick would be Scott Clark because zombies are cold blooded and just like <laughs> that was cold. Like but Scott's soul, so no nice. soul. Plus it's so off the grid. But no, it's not about <laughs> Scott. I mean, it's about Scott Clark all biz. Yeah, Scott, I know. the person is so nice. I needed nice. the all biz for that. Yeah. One. That's the thing, all biz. It's one of those things where, like, you know, if you talked about a strategy, all right, tomorrow we're going to do this and we're going to go here. Scott would wake up in the middle of the night, take whatever guns you have, and he'd leave early to make sure that he was able to get out of there. I used to, like, when something comes up, like an out-of-nowhere move, and you want to go make a fantasy move to, like, account for that, I just assume that Scott's already beaten He's already done it. He's already done it. So, I guess it comes down to this. We have two ways to do this, is my opinion. Is one, we go with the rant. Again, you can be the split, uh, split the decision one here. Or two, we go with Scott Clark because... How many other times is somebody going to submit Scott Clark as their it's answer right. this to is, the ZipRecruiter Fan of the true. Week question? This is also true. So part of me feels like, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Let's be happy for Scott Clark. Let him have his moment <laughs> in the sun. I'm sure he'd be so happy to know he has no soul, and that's why he won. <laughs> <laughs> you soulless, gutless, amazing person, you, Scott. The fact, like Keith just said in the room, like the fact that the knowledge you have of the podcast to know Scott Clark from yes, the rants that have that happened. That is also like, true. Not that the other Matthew rant wasn't great because it was fantastic, but... But I, I'm with you. I think Tad Mackey with Scott Clark should be our ZipRecruiter Smartest Fan of the Week. Tad Mackey. All right. Just let the record show that we believe that zombies would run away from a Matthew Ray. That's fair. That's <laughs> fair. also fair. Tad Mackey, congratulations. You are a ZipRecruiter Fan, fan of the Week of the for week. week nine. Woo-hoo! Congratulations, Yay! Tad. All right. And if you want to be our ZipRecruiter Smartest Fan of the Week for next week, yes. what do you after do? Tad Mackey, you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash fan. Here's the question for next week. You can go trick-or-treating with the entire 06010 crew, yep. but you have to leave one member at home to Ooh. hand out candy. Who gets left at home and why? I Exclusive, see what we're doing. not inclusive. I see I it. We it. flipped the script there. Yeah, now we wanted it's not to switch like it for one. Halloween. And, and so, is yeah, well, and we'll see who's paying attention. That's right. That's right. All right. Read well, the directions, go kids. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash fan. fan. Yep. ZipRecruiter.com slash fan to make your submission. In the meantime, <laughs> follow StefaniaB87 <laughs> on Instagram and Stefania underscore ESPN on Twitter. My name is at Field Yates on both Twitter and Instagram. We are back on Thursday previewing the Brock Osweiler Revenge oh Game, my baby. Gosh. Brock the Brock Osweiler Bowl. Swing. 
We shall be ready. In the meantime, download us on iTunes, rate us, review us, be a part of the Twitter live stream. The numbers are good. Let's keep yeah, them good. Yeah, thanks for all who are coming to check us out. We are back tomorrow. Go Red Sox. Deuces. Peace out. You're in the 06010. Never gonna hustle in case you didn't know. Matthew Berry TMR. Go ahead, give me grief for being on SportsCenter for 45 seconds. I think you could do better than me because I don't think you could. Jail bait, field yates. You're, you're, you're terrible at hashtag improv. At, 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 at field yates. At field yates. Stefan, you bell. Oh, don't let Barry convert you. Secret squirrel, Daniel Dodd. Make, 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 make it happen. Mediocre fantasy advice. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on homeowner's insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you build a giant pillow fort in your living room. And when people ask why you have a pillow fort in your living room, you say it's for your dog. And when they ask, well, what kind? You say, mm, chocolate lab. And we have a web of lies that's almost as intricate as the crown molding in Fort Pillow. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the pillow soft fortress you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on homeowner's insurance.